action. From From Comerica Park Park to Jackson Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. app. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Howell. Yes, on Offensive Minded. With Beanie, is it with Dream, Steve Goff. It's the loudest manure chant I've ever heard. Welcome in. Yeah. Back to our once weekly regular one hour segment here on Offensive Minded. With Steve the DeWitt Dream Goff, cousin of Jared. I forgot that. Damn it. I'm working on it. Come on, it's not that hard. I got your wrong mic on. Try that again. I just said it's not that hard to remember. It's apparently hard for me to get the the mic numbers right in here. I apologize for that. You should. I'm I'm quite offended, actually. You know, (sighs) Mad Dog's rolling over in his grave right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, in case you're just joining us and you haven't heard this before, once a week Steve comes in here and we just BS for now. That's why it's called Total BS Unoffensive Minded. Mm-hmm. Also because those are our initials, but that might be too highbrow for some of you based on some of the feedback we've gotten. Anyway, all right, the show operates as usual. You know how to weigh in and take part in the conversation, but here are all the different ways. 517-300-4263. You can always email the show, beanie at wvfnam.com. You can use Facebook, send us a message or comment there. Just search Facebook for the game, 7.30 a.m., or use the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat in the main menu to send over a free text message to us. Okay, um, look, a ton to get to today, but Steve, let's start here. I've noticed, mm-hmm. and I think it's because of a confluence of events, specifically the college football playoff committee's first set of rankings coming out last night, but more than that, 
the committee chair saying after the release of those rankings on ESPN that they are essentially not paying attention to the Michigan sign-stealing, illegal scouting scandal. They're saying that's an NCAA matter, not a college football playoff committee matter. Translation, not our problem. We don't want to be involved, right? right? Mm -hmm. Shocking. Mm. Someone else abdicating any responsibility here. Uh, So that plus the latest development in the scandal, which is unbelievable, and we talked about it yesterday, but Connor Stallion's putting forth the lowest effort ever in a disguise that's somehow worse than the Groucho Marx mask you can get at the dollar store mm-hmm. to infiltrate Spartan Stadium and help, allegedly, CMU steal signs during that game on Friday, September 1st. Those two things in concert, I've noticed, have changed the national media's narrative here. The national media has been driving the story. They're the ones that broke it. The Detroit media can't be bothered to do any serious reporting on this, of course, because, you know... Why upset uh, your cash cow? But the national media has been driving the bus, and now I've noticed they've taken it up a notch here. We've reached critical mass today because of those two things, I think, happening. And I've noticed a distinct change in tone. So, Steve, why don't we listen to a few clips before we dig in on this? First, let's go in order chronologically. First, here's (laughs) this is CMU head coach Jim McElwain talking about the whole Connor Stallions thing after CMU beat Northern Illinois last night in Mount Pleasant. He starts his post-game press conference off with this statement. He doesn't even wait for the question because he's implicated now, and people are wondering, if did he know? Did he know Connor Stallions was in an extremely low-rent disguise on his sideline, pulling his song and act? Here's Jim McElwain last night. Take a listen. Now, before we go any farther... Uh We've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Um, <laughs> you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. I like the aw shucks, Jim McElwain. I, I don't even think that's a, a ploy. I think that's just him. I agree. I think that was... And people were like, wow, he sounds awfully nervous. No, he doesn't. No, he just stood just... outside in a snowstorm for four hours calling plays. Yeah. Also, his team got into a fight on the field with NIU afterwards. He was a little he, shook. He was running around pulling players off of a scrap heap. So, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty genuine and mm-hmm. forthright. The reason it's such a story is McIlwain was receivers coach under Harbaugh at Michigan in 2018. The very next year, he takes a CMU job and takes a few low-level staffers with him to CMU, that would be Connor Stallion's connection because he was a volunteer assistant on the Michigan staff at that time. By the way, unbelievable. We talked about it yesterday, how absolutely unbelievable it is. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like, who's the main character from Mission Impossible? Ethan Hunt, isn't that it? Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he thinks he's Ethan Hunt. But he's more like Maxwell Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of putting on, like, a state-of-the-art fake face, he just let some stubble grow out <laughs> and wore a hat and what I thought were sunglasses, but that's the part I wanted to get to. There's new footage and pictures of this. Those Ray-Bans he had on, which is 
conspicuous and a little interesting on its own, considering why wear sunglasses at night unless his middle name's Rockwell. <laughs> but I digress. There's a little blue light emanating from the top right corner. Mm. Hmm. Clearly well, he had a vision. If you do some minor Googling, which I understand is very difficult for the media here, but apparently not for the national media. What do you know? Ray-Ban makes a pair of glasses that records footage from a little camera in the top right corner of the frame and no. uploads it immediately to the cloud. Ugh. Say it ain't so. I thought it was bad enough yesterday. <laughs> I told Dr. J, I was like, this got to be it, right? Like, there's not going to be something more circus clown car development in this. There's not going to be something worse than this. And then I find out there's a camera in those glasses. Does, okay. Obviously, the question is, how implicated is Michigan and Harbaugh in this? Like, how far did it go, even though the rule says that doesn't matter? Mm -hmm. The point is, does Michigan have a Q, like a Q guy, like James Bond, who makes all the neat toys for him to play with? Is there a guy at Michigan who designed <laughs> that yeah. disguise for Connor uh, Stallions? If, listen, if, if a picture comes out with, uh, with the Stallions guy lifting his shoe up to his ear, I'm out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Now, here's what I was talking about with the national media's tone changing. This is Paul Feinbaum, you know, noted SEC voice. He's got one of the top-rated sports radio programs of the South over the last 30 years. He's like the Tim Stout of the South. He's the Tim South. Yeah. Um, he, two weeks ago when this story broke, he came out and said, I think this is a nothing burger. Mm -hmm. I don't see how you can discipline Jim Harbaugh or anyone in this. I think it's no big deal. Yeah, but like a... A responsible journalist he's done some further research and and kind of let it unfold organically to to continue to sway him one way or the other which and is good open-minded and here's what he said this morning on espn first take paul no story has ever been more right up your alley i think than this one is what 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 do you think of all this let me let me address the court for just a second greedy uh, two weeks ago i sat here with you and made the biggest mistake of my professional career. I gave Jim Harbaugh the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Never again. I thought it was too early to come down on him. It's not, it's not too early anymore. It's actually getting very late for him. I mean, this is a disgusting story with every revelation, which happens every single day of the week. And the fact that the Big Ten has not done anything yet is inexcusable. Uh, that's the only mechanism to stop this train. And quite frankly, a lot of people think it should be stopped. It's up to Tony Petiti, the new Big Ten commissioner, to step in. They have the, they're the only people with jurisdiction. The NCAA can be looking at this for the rest of our lives. And as far as whether Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, that's really up to NFL franchises, whether or not they want to get in business with this guy right now. Okay, that's Paul Feinbaum. And then here's a few hours later on ESPN, uh, Stephen A. Smith weighing in on it. But the bottom line is, is that this is a serious matter because it clearly involves cheating. There is no way to slice it. And if you're the Big Ten, here's what you need to contemplate as your nightmare. Suppose Michigan runs the table. Suppose Michigan gets into the college football playoff. What do you think people are going to be talking about? You think the national media is going to let this go? You think that you're going to show up? You got coaches stealing signs and, you know, infiltrating other teams on the sideline and stuff like that. And you think that you're going to get to the college football playoffs, all right, probably at the expense of an Alabama or Washington or somebody like that. We understand it. And you think you're going to get 
on center stage for a national college football playoff, a national championship on the line, and the national media is going to ignore how you possibly got there? Michigan is one of the top defenses in the nation. I think they are the top defense in the nation, total defense and what have you. We all know how formidable they are. Well, guess what? What role did you steal in signals and signs play in your formidability as, as, a, def- as, as a defensive stalwart? Those kind of questions come into play. And so to me, I, I think it's a huge mm-hmm. miss and a huge mistake on a part of the Big Ten to let this slide. You need to bring the momentum, the heavy hand of the conference down upon that program to answer questions and to address this. And dare I say, if they don't give you answers to your liking, you make moves to make sure they don't represent the conference in a college football play. Okay, so you can see what's taking shape here. That the national media is putting pressure on the Big Ten to intervene, Mm -hmm. to do something to keep... Michigan from getting into the playoff or I guess to sit Harbaugh down at least for the rest of the season. And my understanding is the Big Ten does have the power to do that, explicitly suspend Harbaugh. We know that. They suspend players and coaches. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. I just, there's no precedent for it in this case. But you can feel the pressure mounting. And then there's this. A headline in The Athletic today, which further moves the needle. Headline says, 94% of college football coaches say Michigan crossed the line. What else do they say about sign stealing? Long story short, The Athletic surveyed 50 FBS coaches and asked them a series of questions about the scandal to put it in context. The results, pretty damning. Mm. So you can check it out. If you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, well, this might be worth it. I think you can get your first month for a dollar or something like that. Just sort of like, um, you know, trial run. Check it out for this story alone. But they have all these different charts in there. How severe are the allegations of uh, against Michigan on a scale of 1 to 10? Of the 50 coaches, 23, excuse me, scale of 1 to 5, 5 being the worst. Of the 50 coaches, 23 said 5, 16 said 4. Okay, my math says that's almost 80% of them saying it's either super bad or the absolute worst. Right. And you can go on and, and check this out for yourself. I do want to read you a few excerpts, though, because it's incredible. Almost half of the coaches surveyed rated it a five. The average score among the 50 coaches was 4.2. Only two ranked it less than a three. One Pac-12 head coach said, quote, It's easy to call plays when you know what the defense is. It's a huge deal that someone went to another game and filled all their signals. That's Spygate stuff. They were filming around the country. It's crazy. Another coach weighed in, specifically on Stallion's paper and digital trail of buying these tickets for years. Quote, in some ways, they should be held accountable for just sheer stupidity. (laughs) They could have done this for years and years and never been caught if they'd just been smart about it. Uh, Other stuff they cover in this, and again, I do think it's worth your time to read it because some of the quotes are just... Um, absolutely incredible. So here's another excerpt. If Michigan staff went into games with impeccable but impermissibly gathered information on its opponent's signals, just how valuable would that edge be? How can you quantify it? We asked coaches to attempt to put a number on it. Of those who ventured to guess, roughly half felt that Michigan's edge was somewhere in the range of three to seven points per game. The other half believed calling it a one-score difference wasn't nearly enough. 
one head coach didn't hesitate to say it could easily be worth 20 points. A Big 12 analyst thinks it's closer to one touchdown for the offense and another for the defense. Quote, you can probably attribute that to a few points here and there in some big games. Quote, I mean, you're shooting fish in a barrel. If I was able to do what Michigan was doing, that would be the difference between big time winning and losing. If you filmed all the signals from a game, you take that and put it into the film system and match up the play-by-play with what the opponent is running, and then, I mean, it's over. Having a steady film of the signals during a game would be mind-blowing. To me, it would be the same as going and filming somebody's practice. If I was on the Michigan staff and was part of that operation, I would be very uncomfortable using that info. To me, that's a big moral line in the sand that was crossed. There's a, there's a ton of quotes like this in this story that you need to check out for yourself. Um, and again, look, they've got graphs and charts. It's well worth your time. But other stuff that we've covered here on the show before, Steve, that are that are not up to interpretation, that are just eye test things, are called out here by coaches. I told you when it all started, you'd be hard-pressed to find another staff in the country where a recruiting analyst is spending time on the sidelines next to either coordinator and head coach for the entire game. That just doesn't happen, Hmm. right? But that happens with him. We've got hours and hours of footage of it. Hours, right? These coaches talk about that in there, and they say that's not normal. Here's, let me read you a little bit from the story. A staffer whose official role is working in the recruiting department being so involved with Michigan's coordinators and head coach on the sidelines during the game is a red flag. Quote, I don't believe Harbaugh organized or started it, but if some young guy comes up to me and says, I've got all their signals, well, I'm thinking, I know you did something that you shouldn't have done. That's on the coordinators. And if I'm the head coach and I'm watching one of my recruiting analysts have a constant flow of information with my coordinators during a game, I'm wondering what's going on there or else I'm an idiot. A Pac-12 quarterbacks coach agreed about the suspect optics. Quote, it doesn't look good. He's next to Harbaugh and then defensive coordinator Jesse Minner and then offense coordinator Sharon Moore. For analysts, there are rules about what they can and can't do. They're just supposed to be charting and bringing energy. Hell no, one ACC analyst said. Who gets that close to a head coach who doesn't have access? Anyway, the point is, check out this story. It's out there for you. So here's what we need to get into, Steve. Mm -hmm. We've reached critical mass here in the last, certainly 24 hours, probably even shorter than that. So between the College Football Playoff Committee formally punting this issue and saying they're not going to do anything to Michigan. Not surprising. And the latest development with Connor, Connor Stallions impersonating a CMU coach. Wow. At Spartan Stadium. And now there's evidence he was using sophisticated video cameras to record their sideline during the game, which is just unbelievable to me. And now, you know, this athletic story with a survey of 50 coaches across the country overwhelmingly condemning this. The national media, that's obviously moved their hand. They're calling for the Big Ten to intervene. They're saying there needs to be some kind of in-season, what's the word, punishment? Some in-season action needs to be taken against Michigan. So I would tend to agree. But my question is how or what? I, there's a lot of questions, Beanie. And, and, and you're right. The, the, the what 
exactly should the punishment be? Again, it's not a court of law. It's not innocent until proven guilty. But there has to be some kind of modicum of, you know, what if? What if this information isn't accurate? It seems to me the information is mounting. And and there's no turning back here from the decision that they are clearly cheating. Okay, great. So there's I, I don't think there's any fear of, well, we can prove otherwise. It's there. It, it just keeps mounting. But, again, you've got four games left in the regular season. Not, I don't, I, we talked earlier in the hallway. I don't know if it's money. I don't know what the deal is. But for whatever reason, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program are made out of Teflon. They're not going to get. They're not going after him. If if there's an over under, I know you asked Dr. J this the other night um, on the show. The over under, um, if anything happens to Harbaugh and Michigan between now and the end of the season, no, no, they they don't have any guts. They're not going to do anything. They're like you said, Michigan's the cash cow uh, for for the Detroit media. They're not only the cash cow for the Detroit media. Clearly, Michigan is the cash cow for the NCAA because. In the Big Ten because they're not doing anything. Well, the NCAA is not going to do anything in in the here and now anyway. They move at a snail's pace to begin with. I don't. That doesn't surprise me, and I don't expect them to do anything in the here and now. That's why everyone's calling on the Big Ten because they unilaterally could. The problem is there's no precedent, and I don't think a brand new commissioner wants to start his tenure that way by you know implementing an unheard of penalty against one of the two most sacred cows. In his league, why right? not jump in feet first, dude? Because here's the deal: you just talked about all, you spent all this time talking about all these pundits and all this stuff. So what? Just because Stephen A. Smith and Paul Feinbaum say that they should do something, they ain't going to do anything. They're going to sit on their hands and they're going to let this unfold. Michigan's going to go and they're probably going to win the national championship or at least be competitive in the finals. And then what? So what? And then we then we do something and we slap them on the wrist after the season, after they've already gone through it, they've won their games, this, that, and the other. It makes me sick. Look, I, I want to address uh, one talking point I'm hearing out of Michigan State fan bases, or Michigan State's fan base and other fan bases that are eager to see Michigan, you know, swallow the hammer on this one. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I understand that's a natural reaction from a rival fan base. You don't need to feel bad about that. And when any Michigan blowhard, whether it's on Twitter or these airwaves, 6 to 9 p.m. every night, tells you or tries to shame you for wanting Michigan to suffer bad things, that's the natural behavior of any fan base. That's okay to feel. But we got to nip this talking point in the bud because the fact – there's no facts supporting this. I keep hearing this, like Michigan's too big – to fail, essentially. They're too much of a cash cow to the Big Ten and to the NCAA to suffer punishment. I don't believe that for a second. And I have proof. I have evidence. College football playoff was fine when Michigan wasn't in it the first nine years. Then why aren't they taking action now? Because it's easier to not. <laughs> the college football playoff committee has already told you, yeah, it's the NCAA's problem. We're not going to get involved in that. Right, nobody and, wants to respond. They throw the ball up in exactly. the air and everybody runs in the opposite direction. Well, Steve, look how the elected leaders in Washington, D.C. do. It's they no do the different. same thing. This it's is no different than the inaction politics. Inaction is easier and better for you. Mm-hmm. Inaction is safer. Yep. It doesn't get you in trouble with anyone. It doesn't affect your approval ratings. It doesn't hurt your job security. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's way easier. Be complacent, kids. That's yeah. the key to a successful and happy life. Yeah. But the, the, the <laughs> idea that Michigan's just too big of a brand and has too big of a fan base and represents too much money, that's not part of it at all. And here's what I mean. 
I keep hearing this. Like, well, they can't keep Michigan out of the playoff. They don't want to lose money. Explain to me how they would lose money if Michigan was banned from the playoff. Yeah. If the committee came out and said, yep, we're not letting Michigan in this year. But then you have to ask yourself why. They I mean, wouldn't lose any money. Like, I right. want to make sure people understand 100%. That. The, con- the ad contracts have been in place for years. They do not change. Mm-hmm. By the way, the college football playoff was incredibly lucrative before Michigan made it the first time two years ago. It was doing just fine. Just fine. Ratings were pretty damn good, and they've only been going up. And then on the Big Ten level, I hear people say, well, this this commissioner doesn't have the balls to do that. He's practically beholden to them. Well, okay. The Big Ten, I would remind people, not this most current deal, but the prior one with the TV networks, which at the time was the biggest one ever, was solidified at a time when Michigan football was in the heyday of Brady Hoke. Not exactly hurting business then. They don't need Michigan. But with the Big Ten, keep in mind, Tony Petiti, his bosses are the Big Ten presidents and chancellors. The same way Roger Goodell's bosses are the NFL owners. So when people say, well, why wouldn't Tony Petiti come down on Michigan? Well, why wouldn't Roger Goodell come down on Jerry Jones? Because he's his boss. That's why he needs him to keep his job. And... I, look, I have a hard time believing any Big Ten commissioner would relish this opportunity, let alone one who's been on the job for four months. He probably, the same way Kevin Warren didn't want his tenure to start off with the big decision, uh, do we play football during a pandemic or not? That's a tough way to come out of the gate. I don't think Tony Petiti wants to come out of the gate in his first football season having to insti- institute or implement one of the harshest, most singularly unilateral and unprecedented punishments in the history of the sport against one of the two biggest powers in his conference that he's answerable to. That's what's going on here. Ultimately, it is the NCAA's responsibility. The problem here, and I agree with everyone saying it, is there's an immediacy here because this is not, this isn't like anything else we've seen before. People want to bring up Kansas basketball. That was a, that was a recruiting situation that happened over years. That had nothing to do with the integrity of the game at the moment. What's going on with Michigan is happening in real time. At least it was until a couple weeks ago. That's different. That, I believe, does require an immediate reaction, an immediate response. I think so because of the nature of it, even though now they can't do it because the guy's suspended or whatever. I still think there needs to be a response in season. I, I agree with that. I just don't know how. It won't happen. And also, let's let's play in this this neighborhood, Steve. Let's say they do sit Harbaugh down. If the Big Ten did just come in and say, Harbaugh, you're suspended for the rest of the season. Okay. The rest of the staff that was probably involved some way or another, they're still there. No. So what do you do? They would have to. (laughs) You suspend Harbaugh and the two coordinators? Okay, but Michigan's already benefited from this. I've heard people say you can't keep Michigan out of the playoff. That's unfair to these players. It was the coaches who did this, not the players. Hold on, okay. hold on, hold on. Well, hold on. why don't you tell, <laughs> tell me how that's fair to the myriad opponents Michigan has hammered the last two and a half years because they knew their place. Instead of looking at someone who's meeting out the punishment as the villain in that situation, perhaps they should look at the coaches for putting them in that situation to begin with. That's who the players should be looking at, too, if that happened. The players should be looking at their coaches as failing them for cheating. Period. Yeah. You don't cheat. And, and Michigan, quite frankly, I don't think Michigan needed to cheat. No, that's the worst part team. about it. They, yeah. they had a great team. And and I, you know me, I, I do not like that uh, team. I don't like 
most things that relate to that school. That's just my green and white coming through. That's fine. I can admit that. But I can also say they're a powerhouse. Yeah. There's no denying They've it. They've been great. You know, and, uh, and, and, and great. Good for them. It makes for a great rivalry. But it just it's cheating no matter how you slice it. And it's not acceptable. If this was happening to Alabama, if it was happening to Middle Tennessee State, if it was happening to Drake University, I don't care. I, I'm a, I guess I'm a purist. I just don't think you should cheat to win. Well, this is unprecedented. It, and the immediacy of it is what really makes it unique. You know, it's happening in season. That's what I think necessitates an in-season response to it to correct it. And the bottom line is there's not going to be one perfect solution to it. And if you're of the mind that, well, you can't keep them out of the playoff, that's not fair to all these players, they're innocent. <laughs> well, try telling that to all the teams who won't be in the playoff because Michigan beat them thanks to knowing their plays. Yeah. Or they're about to still beat. And that's the other thing. Even though this has been nipped in the bud, Michigan still stands to benefit from it. The stuff they know about their opponents they haven't played yet, a lot of it came from illicit means. They can't unlearn it. Yeah, so... Look, there's no real, clean, simple response here. I can tell you what's not good enough for me is waiting for the NCAA to do it because that means it'll be at least a year down the line and a bunch of people will suffer the consequences who weren't even here when it happened, certainly the head coach. What, what, what good does that do? It doesn't. And when situations like this have happened in the past in other sports, ah, uh, well, the NCAA found... Um, you know, wrongdoing on the part of this basketball team or whatever. So they're going to have to forfeit all those victories. You think the fan base remembers what right. those victories? They, re- they, they don't remember that they are forfeiting those right. victories. You can't. They got nor- the victories. The NCAA treats the vacation of wins and championships as if Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black are coming in with a neuralizer. Yeah. And yeah. W- erasing Just it from the history zap books. your brain. Nope, That's how it works. It. And they mm-hmm. already benefited from it financially and otherwise. Absolutely. That, it's a very toothless penalty it is but look I, I i guess i don't know what you do here i don't know what the best solution is i do think something has to happen in season though S- something because again the immediacy of it is so unique it happened in season this isn't a recruiting violation that happened in the off season. this impacted games in season and by the way that's what i think we should end on this segment here why this is so important and why this necessitates an unprecedented response the the fact that it's unprecedented that's why because this is not a recruiting violation this is not oh paying for players or you know greasing the skids for the players parents or coaches to try to get him to come to your school or something like that or practicing more than you're allowed to or working out a recruit during a dead period this is not that no This is a matter that strikes at the integrity of the result of the game, which is supposed to be the most sacrosanct thing. It's supposed to be protected. And this isn't just a college football thing. If you're wondering why the NFL came down with such a draconian response to Jamison Williams originally for placing a bet on a college football game from the team hotel, the reason is every sports league, when it has something to do with the integrity of their product is very strict in response because the second they lose faith in the integrity of what they do, that's really bad for business. Now I'm talking about in a gambling perspective, obviously, but this is similar. It's adjacent. It's affecting the outcome. It's putting a finger on the scale or a thumb or a fist Mm -hmm. or a brick 
or an elephant. Or an entire defensive line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's important. We haven't ever seen something like this. I think we have to take that into account. Again, I don't have the answers on this, but maybe you do. So to kind of hash, rehash this, but in a really succinct way. What do you think needs to happen in response to this Michigan cheating scandal? Does there need to be an in-season response, some sort of discipline? And if so, what? 517-342-63. Maybe you think Harbaugh needs to be sat down the rest of the way. You can email the show beanie at wvfnam.com. Maybe you think there needs to be some measure put in place that makes Michigan ineligible for the college football playoff. You can always uh, use Facebook, too. Send us a message or comment. Search Facebook for the game, 7.30 a.m. Or use the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text message. Yeah, I was just pointing at the the comments on the page there. On Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we can get to that. The J.J. McCarthy truther, for example. Yeah. We we don't want takes like that. If you're going to bring a take, then, then make sure it's halfway intelligent. Just and, back it up. You're not slanted just because you believe in the, the, the Kool-Aid. Back it up. You know, Michigan fans are welcome to participate. If you don't think there should be any response in season, okay, tell me why. And if you do, I'm going to warn you. You're going to get pushback. This is not going to be like something that maybe happened in the past on this station where I let you just, where you're just given a platform to, to espouse your completely ridiculous, unfounded takes. If you want to come on here and tell me, as a Michigan fan, that there should be no response to this. This is not a big deal. Fine. Then I'm going to ask you, would you say the same thing if in the middle of the D'Antonio or Urban Meyer eras at Michigan State and Ohio State respectively, when you couldn't beat them and it came out that they were illegally surveilling opponents, including you, and one of their guys was caught in the equivalent of a Groucho Marx mask on your visitor sideline in a game in which they weren't even involved? Helping that team crack your signals? You telling me then you wouldn't want an in-season response to Michigan State or Ohio State? I find that incredibly hard to believe. You lying sacks of you-know-what. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 730 a.m. There's only one station in Lansing that you've depended on for sports for over 30 years. Some call us by our government-given name of WVFN East Lansing. You can call us by the name the people of Lansing know us by, and that name is The Game. 730 a.m. Start your weekday morning with the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout. Middays with Mike Greenberg. Offensive-minded with Beanie Howell. And The Huge Show with Bill Simonson. We're a force to be reckoned with. We're Lansing's only sports station. The game 7.30 a.m. When you're from America, that's your team. Beanie Howell with Offensive Minded on the game 7.30 a.m. All right, we're back. It's total BS here on Offensive Minded. Steve, the DeWitt Dream Goff in the studio with us here. If you so you. <laughs> the, the topic right now is there has been a noticeable, tangible, palpable, whatever, whatever GRE word you'd like me to say for obvious change in narrative from the or, or tone, at least from the national media on the Michigan scandal today. And I don't think there's any I don't think it's any coincidence that it happened after Connor Stallions got caught masquerading as a CMU coach 
on the MSU visitor sideline. And also, I don't think it's any coincidence this change in, in tone for the national media happened after the college football playoff committee basically said, yeah, we're not getting involved. Not worth our time, and we don't want to upset the, the apple cart here. What, what, what is it going to take? I, I'm just curious. It, there's this, like we talked earlier, there's like this, what, I hate to use the word inconvenient truth. That's been used. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> but it seems like there's going to be an excuse piled up for oh, every yeah. single time a new piece of evidence is introduced to take it over the top. No, 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 we're just going to keep... We're going to keep adding to the pile because we're not quite there yet. Listen, um, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that any and every fan base is capable of incredible cognitive dissonance. <laughs> Inc- like the kind that should be studied at graduate schools across the country. Michigan is no different. In fact, they may be the very worst because this football fan base, at least, has been an outright cult for a few years now. So why don't we talk about some of the talking points, all right? So here's what I hear from Michigan fans. It, do, it matters if Harbaugh was involved or not, and there's no evidence he was. Actually, that's false. By the letter of the bylaw, it says it does not matter whether the coach was involved or had knowledge of this. For NCAA punishment purposes, it is treated as if he was intimately involved because the buck stops here. You're responsible for all that happens in your program. Man, if only someone with a ton of clout with Michigan fans had written a book about <laughs> leadership and said something like that. You love going back to that well. Damn. <laughs> if only Glenn E. Schimbeckler, the original BS, <laughs> in a book called <laughs> Bo's Lasting Lessons on Leadership, had said the book stops with the boss. He's responsible for everything in his organization. If only he had said that. But, um, yeah, I don't want to hear that. That's out. That's irrelevant. Doesn't matter if you think that or whatever. The law, the NCAA bylaw says it doesn't matter. And that's why I'm saying Harbaugh should be suspended already. Michigan came out the day after this broke and suspended Stallions. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Harbaugh should be suspended too? The rule says it doesn't matter if he knew or not. It happened on his watch. Well, you're trying to get him on a technicality. That's, that's what you'll hear. If that's, if that's a technicality, it's the same technicality that cost Luanna Simon her gig at president of MSU during the Nasser thing. Because it doesn't matter that she didn't know. doesn't matter. Happened on her watch. She had to pay. Yep. How many people around here argued that? I don't think a lot. Mm -mm. Most of us thought, well, those of us residing in reality who don't paint ourselves green with a white block S and then drive around on a stupid little Schwinn from their childhood trying to lead the band into the stadium every week. I think you know who I'm talking about accepted that that had to happen. That was reality. Uh, other talking points here. You can't do something in season. Well, you can. You can. Just because it's never been done before doesn't mean you can. Yeah. Look, here's what bothers me most about the Michigan response to it. And I'm talking about the fans because I expect the actual football team to dig its heels in and fight this tooth and nail. I think, I think most football programs would. Michigan is, of course, going to because Harbaugh is – not held accountable for anything, anything. This is, by the way, part of this is happening because he basically flipped the NCAA the bird with the recruiting scandal thing and said, get bent. I am not taking a four-game suspension. Hmm. I ain't doing it. And, well, now they've got it out for you because you're a problem child. No one else made it that way but you guys. But my biggest problem with the Michigan fan base is – 
the same people out there right now who are calling for due process and to let things play out are the same people who for the last seven or eight weeks have been saying, give Michigan State the death penalty because Mel Tucker was out of control. Mm -hmm. This program deserves to be raised to the ground. Michigan State is involved in another cover-up. These same people who are saying we need to let it all play out from Michigan and not overreact, and this is no big deal, are the same people who when Ohio State had a coach who didn't fire an assistant for beating his wife allegedly fast enough thought he should be thrown out, tarred and feathered, and executed in public, and that entire program should get the death penalty for that. Michigan fans are being so blatantly dishonest about this. And again, it doesn't surprise me. That's what cults do. But the shamelessness of it is incredible. It's almost an accomplishment, like worth beholding. The level of just complete disregard for reality. (laughs) The ability with which they so freely and, and, and easily move goalposts on narratives and arguments that they've made in the past and then flip completely. It's incredible. And the thing is, again, any Michigan fan listening right now, if this is making your blood boil, first of all, good. Name of the show is offensive-minded, not hugging, feely, and kissy, and let's do equal time for Michigan and Michigan State on an East Lansing sports radio station whose brand colors are green and white, you freaking idiots. (laughs) If that's making your blood boil, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me that honestly... If we flipped this scenario entirely and this was in the middle of the Mark D'Antonio heyday at Michigan State when he had beaten state or when he had beaten Michigan seven of eight times and you just couldn't figure the guy out. They always had you pegged. They always outdid you. They always out schemed you. They always out coached you at halftime. And in the middle of that, it came out that there was a guy on D'Antonio's staff popped for illegally surveilling opponent sidelines in season. He had a network of minions he was paying to do it. And in fact, we actually had video and picture evidence of the guy in a dollar store disguise standing on the visitor's sideline at Michigan Stadium helping a Mac school try to pop your signals and beat you in your season opener, you tell me you wouldn't be calling for immediate action. You guys would be so damn butthurt. You'd be calling into every show. You'd be writing your congressman. The blogosphere would be all the all the like Michigan sites like mgoblow.com. They wouldn't work. The servers would be crashing from all of you guys melting down online. And by the way, I think that would be a reasonable response. Honestly. You tell me you wouldn't feel that way, honestly. You Walmart Wolverines who want to come on here and say, you just have it out for Michigan. This is no big deal. It's nothing burger. It's a witch hunt. Hmm. You know, I got to tell you, man, the more and more of you open your mouth on this thing, the more you remind me of another cult in this country. Hmm. But that's a topic for a different station. Anyway, we're trying to have some productivity here and make some progress. Like, what do you do? What can be done? I don't have the answer. Not that I ever do, but I especially don't on this one. Well, I tell you, the answer is not the pundits jumping in and saying it, because that's not going to make any difference. I, I really don't feel, and it's unfortunate, but I don't feel that all the Paul Feinbaums and Stephen A. Smiths of the world are going to move the needle on this. It's nice that they're jumping in, though. 
I mean, at least some some pretty heavy hitter names are jumping in. But again, I don't think that's going to make anybody take any action for whatever reason. Me neither. Me neither. And look, the, the sad thing is, I don't think it's incumbent on the media to have to move the needle. Mm-mm. It no, shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. No, this should <laughs> again, have been happening you know, all along. I mean, and why are they so late to the game? It's easier. Inaction is easier, cheaper, you know, and just better for them. It really is. Uh, Robert messages in through Facebook, and he says, I wish the NCAA would have told Michigan's opponents and not let Michigan or the public know that they knew. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like what happened in the playoff. Go back and watch the playoff game against TCU. There are a lot of shots of Jesse Menner, the defensive coordinator for Michigan, with Stallion standing right next to him, talking to him on critical third downs. And you can tell they're shook. Mm -hmm. They're shook because TCU was using dummy hand signals all game because they got tipped off. And they had a month to change everything up. If you're wondering how, like, on third and nine, at the end of the game, Quentin Johnson gets wide open and has to make one move on a guy, and he did. He broke his ankles. And he goes for like a 85-yard touchdown to seal it away. That's why, because Michigan was expecting a completely different play based on the hand signals. They had him shook, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back and watch that. That's some it's must some, see TV. It's it's good. It's good viewing. <laughs> the looks on their faces, like the panic, especially on Stallion's face. Mm-hmm. His eyes were so damn wide. By the way, there are still some Walmart Wolverines out there that aren't giving up the ghost yet. That's not him. That's not him on the CMU sideline. Okay, sure. You know what? Here's all the proof you need that you're dead wrong. If that were anyone on CMU staff, CMU's AD does not come out yesterday with a press release saying we're investigating it. You know what would have happened? The guy who it was would come out and say, hey, guys, that's me. I'm Joe Blow, Mm -hmm. and I'm a grad assistant here at CMU. And he would put up a picture of himself acquitting him. And you wouldn't hear Jim McElwain saying that... uh Sign stealer guy. <laughs> yeah. This wouldn't be a story. We wouldn't go 48 hours now without someone from CM- CMU stepping up and saying, no, actually, it's this guy. Mm-hmm. The, the silence on that is all the proof you need. By the way, um, as if the rest of the preponderance of evidence weren't enough, you know, the fact that the guy has the exact same facial features as Connor Stallions, the same earlobes. He has the same facial hair pattern. I heard a Michigan fan actually say, that's not him. Here's a screenshot from Michigan's game against ECU the next day. No facial hair. (sighs) Tell me you live in your mom's basement and have never shaved before without telling me you live in your mom's basement and never shaved before. It reminds me of Vanilla Ice and uh, the Queen and David Bowie song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also, how about those, those sunglasses at night? Mr. Rockwell Stallions over there with a blue light coming out of the top right-hand corner. Corey Hart. And what do you know? Ray-Ban manufactures a a brand, a a product line with a camera right there with a blue light. Huh. Man, I got to tell you, if I didn't know any better, I'd say this is just too many coincidences here. Oh, how about this? You know, CMU is an Adidas program. Mm. Each school in big-time college sports, has a deal with an athletic apparel company. State's been with Nike for at least, what, since Reebok in the late 90s, so almost 30 years now. Mm -hmm. Michigan's with Nike through the Jordan brand, on and on and on. CMU is Adidas. It's an Adidas school. 
There's only one coach on the sideline of the CMU game here at Spartan Stadium a few weeks ago wearing Nike apparel. No. There's only one. No. Wow. And what do you know? Wouldn't, wouldn't you know who won the pony? <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Ugh. Well, maybe, but still. I think it's I'm some, not convinced. Look, on some level, <laughs> you have to appreciate Connor Stallion's hustle. His lifetime boyhood dream was to be the Michigan coach. Manifesto. Yep. And by the way, anytime a manifesto is involved, it's not good. <laughs> but also pretty common for Michigan men. Yes. Like a gentleman named Ted Kaczynski. H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> it's a long, proud tradition of manifestos in Michigan men history. But uh, look, man, you kind of got to appreciate the hustle. He was so committed to moving up that ladder. He was willing to go to the extremes. You, you kind of got to give it up for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like at some level, you got to appreciate the hustle. Man. Game recognized game. <laughs> oh, but on the other side of that coin, it's like, dude, at least read a couple of Tom Clancy books to get some better ideas. The lack of care is really incredible. The recklessness. Buying the tickets in his own name. Oh. And then have the nerve to do this at the CMU, MSU game. Incredible. By the way, Steve, I don't know if you heard, um, the, when we came back from that Labor Day weekend and State won that game, but it was very uncomfortable for Oof. about 40 minutes. I came on here bitching about it and saying, why do we schedule these guys anymore? Mm-hmm. They've won four times. They might as well have won them all. Yeah, yeah. And we can't win the game. If we beat them 56 to 7, oh, it should have been 56 to nothing. And if it's competitive for anything more than one drive, then it's at least a week of negative publicity for Michigan State football. We shouldn't play them anymore. This just seals it for me. Mm-hmm. I would not do business with these bastards anymore, whether they meant to or not. Like, that's over. Our charity to CMU is done. And don't feel too bad for him, by the way, because that's the biggest pushback I got on this a few weeks ago, was, well, I like that we play and we help out our directional school. They don't need our help. Do you know what happens if CMU doesn't have MSU on the schedule? They get invited to Georgia to swallow a 70 burger. Mm -hmm. They've been to Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame in the past three seasons. They will be fine. But this is over. I'm done with it. Whether they meant to or not, I am done. I am done subsidizing your poverty directional school, lame-ass, completely out-of-control football program. How do you let that happen? That'd be it for me. I mean, am I being too harsh on our Chippewa friends? No. Yeah, bleep them. <laughs> well, I was no. always more of a Come Western Michigan guy. Jeez. I'm from Southwest Michigan. My best friend is a Bronco alum. I honestly, I don't care about that. I, I don't. know you don't. But I, I, I just don't want to you play CMU. You make a CMU. good point, though. I mean, it, it's a no-win situation. Why should we be in business with them anymore? Why should we do them any favors? They basically Trojan horsed us <laughs> at Spartan Stadium. <laughs> the ignominy is just wow, and there it is on uh, around the horn right now. They're talking about it. They've got another picture oh, of there. He is. <laughs> wow. Now he's got sun. Oh yeah, there's the sunglasses at night. Yeah. So I can. So I can. <laughs> by the way, you know he's by 
a couple of different CMU assistants the entire game, including the director of recruiting. Somebody knew what was oh, going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. That doesn't guy, they happen. They can't just have some yahoo on the sidelines and go, who's this guy? Yeah. You know. He had a pass. So what? What are you doing here? Who are you? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> John Freeberg messages in through the free game 730 AM app. He says, what do you think the punishment for Michigan should be? I don't know. I'm asking you guys. Mm-hmm. You've heard what we've said. God, the mayor, he, he listens. We asked him a bunch of times, come on, mayor, you're supposed yeah. to know that. You're supposed to provide yeah. us with solutions. With the solution you're the here. public servant. <laughs> you figure this out. Not worth our time. No, I don't know. You tell me. Back in a couple. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the Game 738. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on a backhand. Lansing's big talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Perkins scores from the right side goal line. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM. Lansing's only home for hockey. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A Town Square media station. Lansing Sports Leader. The game, 730 AM. Facing a divorce or... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From Mud Ice Arena to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game, 7.30 a.m. Welcome back to Total BS here on Offensive Minded. Steve the DeWitt Dream Goff joining us here, extending his stay. You are welcome to stay as long as you want, man. Sweet. Thanks, man. The House of Beanie. Yeah, we've been talking about the, the Michigan thing. And look, boiling it down into like one sentence is, what do you do? What should be done? What could be done? Does this necessitate an in-season disciplinary response? So does that mean Harbaugh needs to be sat down? Does that mean Michigan needs to be banned from the playoff? Whatever your take is, maybe you think nothing should happen. Whatever, that's fine. Just back it up and explain how what you think should happen is going to happen. 
Let's try to be productive about it, right? Let's go out to the phone line, 517-300-4263. Steve and Lansing's been waiting. What's up, man? Hey, Beanie, good afternoon. Um, uh, so I, I mean, I've been kind of back and forth on this. You know, I've been listening to you pretty regularly the last couple of weeks, kind of, you know, seeing the developments and everything. And I kind of, I, I think I have enough, enough knowledge base what's going on with this. And I can only see, like, a few directions this really going. I, and I don't think anything is going to happen in season because that would require, like, an act of Congress to get anything done by the NCA in that yeah. amount of time frame. So just throw that out the window. It's going to happen in, like, February, March, whatever, in the off season is my time frame. Maybe January even. I don't know. Um, but so we'll just, we'll just lay out hypotheticals. We'll say Michigan runs the table, wins the national championship. Okay, they go out and they're national champions. I think Harbaugh at that point will be gone, and then everything that they need, you know, and he'll he'll leave, go to the NFL or whatever. He'll he'll resign, go out on top, and they will um, levy, they will they'll levy some penalties against Michigan. You know, maybe strip their title or, you know, whatever they'll, they'll you know maybe have them pay a fine or something. You know, what whatever the NCA and their feckless you know powers decide to do, I can't see them. You know. Uh, I can't see them um, really, you know, really being that harsh on them, penalty, you know, letting any heavy, heavy penalties on them. But what I do think is, and I, I my, my reasoning comes from an article Graham Couch put out that Sunday, right after Michigan beat, you know, Michigan smacked us around, and he said, "Hey, this sucks right now, but with everything going on at Michigan and MSU, you know, football being a." ready, you know, just add water, instant, ready to, you know, go to the top here and, and take off again with the right coach. You know, I just think that, hey, karma's, you know, karma's a bitch, and these guys will get what's coming to them and, you know, could be flipping the script even this time, you know, next year with everything that goes on. That's just my, my opinion. All right. Well, that's an incredibly rosy approach. I appreciate the, <laughs> appreciate the call nonetheless, Steve. I just, I don't think Michigan is a, well, I don't think Michigan State is just add water and we're back to the top. I, I think even if you get Urban Meyer. I like the way he's thinking, but I, I agree with you. I, I, I wish it were that easy. Man. I, I think getting Urban Meyer would accelerate things, but look, if, if they get him, I think the floor next year is higher. Like, obviously six wins, but I think the ceiling is probably eight or nine. I think it would take a couple of years for him to get rolling uh, because of the circumstances, but also because the Big Ten's getting harder, yeah. right? So, I don't know. Well, and, and let me just say, uh, what Steve said, uh, great name, by the way, um, but what he said, um, I think he, he was very well thought out. But my, my concern on that is, uh, we circle back to, okay, you, you don't do any, you try to take something, you try to put some kind of action in place, but it's not going to take place until after the season's over with. That accomplishes nothing. Unless you do something like a lifetime ban from college coaching or some kind of, you know, something more than a slap on the wrist for someone who maybe he does win out and maybe he does win the national championship. And then you you go to the mattresses in January. It means nothing. At that point, there is no punishment for Harbaugh. It doesn't damage anything. He got the wins. He's done. Yeah. I, I just, it comes down to either you think that there's an immediacy to this that necessitates an in-season response or not. Right. Either you think this attacks 
and calls into question the integrity of the result of games, or you don't. Mm -hmm. And that's going to inform what you think should or will happen here, I guess. That's the question you got to answer. 517-342-63. Is this Patrick? This is. Patrick, where are you calling from? And why don't you go ahead and whatever you want to talk about. Uh, From Grand Ledge here. So, yeah, it's a lot. So I'm the biggest Spartan guy there is, okay? Um, But it's... I, I, I think it's sad that the actions of adults are going to affect kids because we, we all know that this Michigan team has the ability to win the national championship. Um, what I think is going to happen is because this has been going on for years and they have the documentation for the last few years, I, they, they're going to have to vacate those championships. Um, I don't see if there's any way that they couldn't. I agree. Um, what I see happening this year, and I think this would be um, – the, the way the Big Ten would handle it is they will not allow Michigan to play in the Big Ten championship game. Um, therefore, they can say, well, we did that. Michigan will still make the national championship, um, assuming they beat Ohio State. Um, and because, like we said, the NCAA doesn't do anything fast. And, you know, be, is that going to draw more ratings or less ratings? Way more ratings because people are going to want to see this Michigan team, right? Um, because they're the big story right now. So I think that's, that's a very viable option of what's going to happen for this year. All right, the man. thing I've been thinking about though, Keep going. Central is because McIlwain has been professionally close with Harbaugh. Do you think Harbaugh reached out to him prior to the game and asked if he could plant him? Yeah. Yeah. And if, if McIlwain, um, even if he didn't, if they admit that that's not their guy, do they look culpable and like idiots because there's this guy on their sideline that they don't know who it is? Right. It's a bad look game. for CMU regardless. You're right. By right. the way, um, you tell me what you think. I don't think that happened. I don't mm-hmm. think there's conspiracy there. I don't think um, I don't think McElwain asked Michigan to loan Connor Stallions and his services, and I don't think the vice versa of that happened either. I think... I think Connor Stallions did do this part on his own. But again, you know, it doesn't so, matter. None of that matters by the letter of the rule. Like Harbaugh's responsible so, for all of it. But wasn't it wouldn't it be Harbaugh asking um McElwain if Stallions could be on the sideline to watch Michigan State's um signs for later in the year? And Not also while CMU. and also while he's there, maybe he could help you crack a few in game to help inform your strategy i suppose there's a quid pro quo element to it but i just don't believe that happened um i think McElwain appealed as very genuine last night when he addressed it by the way he didn't wait till he was asked he just came right out and got out in front of it um i think cmu's response to this has all been pretty transparent i I think they're caught off guard by it and judge judging by look i don't have a huge network of people in any of the directional schools but i do know a couple of people at cmu who uh, let's just say things caught them off guard with this that's that's what i'm being told but okay. um what okay. do you, you think there's a serious um you know s- sinister element to it pat um no Me sinister neither. from harbaugh right or McElwain. i think it's all stallions no no but it just came out to me that i mean if if this were actually what you what we're saying that that he just put stallions on the sideline wouldn't McElwain have said Last night, uh, that's not our guy. We don't know who that is. Um, that would have been a pretty easy response as opposed to we're investigating. 
well, what does that mean? I mean, it's either your guy or not your guy. Well, I think he's probably been coached by people with a you know above him on wh- what to say and how to handle it and I think that's probably why he didn't wait for a question because he had certain talking points he was responsible for getting out there but um I don't know I could be wrong and what I'm being told could be wrong too but I just I just don't think there was coordination here from the two head coaches I find it really hard to believe because of how incredibly stupid and risky it is so so that may be prior to but do you think there's been any coordination since the pictures have surfaced from Ann Arbor to Mount Pleasant? Uh, I doubt it, but I don't know that. That's just my take, and maybe I'm naive. You, you seem to think there was then. No, I just, it, it's a good question. Like, this would be a great yeah. movie, right? Well, it's going to um, be a 30 for 30. Can we agree? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a 30 yeah, for 30, this I mean, whole Connor Stallions thing. Maybe a three-parter. Somehow, <laughs> yeah. Somehow Kennedy and Khrushchev found out how to communicate with each other during the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. behind everyone's back. I'm sure these guys could figure it out. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely possible. Thanks for the call, Pat. Good stuff. I appreciate it. That was a it. great call, Patrick. Yeah, excellent. Why don't we go to our buddy Aaron at Olivet University. Hi, Aaron. What you got? So, hello. Uh, I just think that this is one of the NCAA's motives called... Let's see. We have Michigan in trouble for one thing and another. Let's see how far they can dig their hole. You think they're letting, they're giving Michigan enough rope to hang themselves, is what you're saying? Yes. Why would they do that, do you think? Because they want to, you think they have it out for them? They want to see them, like, self destruct? Uh, I, I, I just think they want to see how far they can go and let that happen. Okay. Well, I definitely think the NCAA has it out for Harbaugh, but it's his own fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's a yeah. Michigan thing, but at this point, Harbaugh is Michigan, right? They're the same thing right now yep. until they separate. Yep. All right, man. All Anything else? Nope. Uh, hopefully the Diamondbacks can change the World Series around and... Uh, Go Diamondbacks, and I'll talk later. All right, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, that's another thing. This Michigan thing has completely drowned out any, if there was any, interest in the World Series in this state. What a non-sexy World Series to begin with. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, those are the two teams. I don't think anybody thought that would be the... The World Series, but no, we thought the opposite would happen. The rematch, like like you wanted, and frankly, everyone wanted. Yeah. Um, Let's take a listen here before I get back to the calls. This is the college football playoff committee chairman, Boo Kurrigan, last night. After the initial rankings were released, Michigan is third in those. He talks about that. Did uh, the scandal that's unfolding impact how they ranked Michigan and will it impact how they handle Michigan in terms of eligibility for the playoff going forward? This is Boo Kurrigan, college football playoff committee chair last night on ESPN. Okay, so Michigan is in those top four slots, but every day, every time you open your phone, there's some new piece of evidence with the sign-stealing scandal. What is the committee's position on that aspect as it pertains to evaluating Michigan's place in the college football playoff rankings? You know, our our job is, as we look at it, is to rank the teams, you know, to follow our protocols. And as we went through it, that really wasn't part of any of the discussions that occurred during the uh, during our time together. 
Yeah, if it wasn't part of it, what is the directive? Because we've talked about this many times. One of the beauties of having a committee instead of a formula is that you have different perspectives. You can't control mm -hmm. the way people think. But what is the directive to the committee members as it pertains to their personal evaluation of a team as they, uh, as they go through and wade through this sign-stealing situation? Yeah, we really view it, uh, Reese. it's an NCA issue. It's not a CFP issue. At this point in time, you know, as we're looking at this, we want to make sure that we get not only the top four teams, but the top 25 teams right. And if that means the Detroit Lions are in there, by God, we're going to put them in there. Translation, we don't have the balls to get involved in this, and we don't want the headache. That's what everyone in this situation is doing. They're just punting it off to essentially the NCAA. And look, the NCAA is eager to handle it. It's just the NCAA moves at a snail's pace. Even when they have someone dead to rights. And it's even a, then, it's a toothless punishment. It's a playground game. They're throwing the ball up in the air, and then it just everybody's just running opposite <laughs> directions. Yeah, yeah. Now, it is ultimately the NCAA's responsibility, but in case you haven't been noticing college sports recently, the NCAA doesn't care too much for responsibility. In fact, it abdicates it quite a bit. That's and, why we have NIL run amok right now. And shame on them. Shame on them for not addressing it. It's there in front of them. It's low-hanging fruit. Grab it. Make it happen. I still don't think it's their job to do something in season, though. Like, that's... I know it's unprecedented, but the NCAA is supposed to be the measured, like, long-form response to it. This is something that a conference or the playoff committee, I think, should, should handle. Because it's short-term. It's immediate. I know it's never happened before, but... You know, it's, it's, it's an unprecedented time. It might call for an unprecedented measure. Well, I don't know. I just think the chain of command is such that you kind of have to start at the top, in my opinion. Well, that's what the rule says. Yeah. That it doesn't matter if Harbaugh knew or not. Right. He's held culpable just the same. 517-342-63. Gary and East Lansing, I got like one minute. Go ahead. Okay, so Michigan is Oops, in sorry. Hold on. Our, our, our sound was playing from the computer again. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, real quick uh, with my minute. Um, from what I'm hearing from your callers and what I'm hearing from you guys, I'm just going to wait in to say, I think that when the NCAA finally does act, which will not be in season, I think you'll find that uh, Michigan will be held culpable. Harbaugh will be gone, like you guys are saying, uh, whether he's in the NFL or not, or retired uh, temporarily with his uh, national championship trophy. But the integrity of the game is going to demand that the NCAA, if they find Michigan culpable and guilty, which we all seem to think they are, that all these wins are going to be vacated to include what looks like two Big Ten championships, maybe three, and ultimately the national championship if, in fact, they play for it. They can save everybody a lot of problems by losing to Penn State and Ohio State, <laughs> not making the playoffs. Right. Harbaugh can, Harbaugh can leave in December for Las Vegas or wherever he wants to go. And I think they'll fire both the coordinators once the NCAA takes action because they're in on it. This kid was definitely had somebody on the inside at Central Michigan. Mm -hmm. the, head coach, the head coach can say what he wants. They, they know who's on their sidelines. Somebody handed that kid a pass. He showed up there. He walked through a tunnel. Somebody got him in there. Somebody on Central Michigan staff is culpable to get him in there. And he was there for no good at all. Totally agree. Hey, I got to... Oh, you hung up on Gary. Oh, we were Thanks. out of time. Uh, that's great. Hey, it was a great call from Gary, too. Um, I was going to ask Gary what... Again, we touched on this earlier. 
They can punish him after the fact. He can he can be sleeping in at, at night with his Xbox and his and his trophy. And then what? So what? He still has and if they vacate the win, so what? Yeah. That's that's the thing punishment. that bothers me. It's just yeah. it's not again, real. I, I like this take on that. But I'm I'm just again, I don't think that's enough. It's not. It's not a real punishment. No. It just isn't. Because look, you, you make him vacate it, it still happened. Yep. You don't use the neuralizer from Men in Black and wipe it from history. Doctor Strange can't come and cast a spell to wipe it from everyone's collective consciousness. That's not how it works. And, you know, look, all you need to know is Michigan fans will still remember it and count it. Mm-hmm. They might not be able to have the banner, right? By the way, that's another. <laughs> this is great. The most obnoxious Preaching fan base from an imaginary place of moral superiority now owns probably the two worst cheating scandals in college basketball and college football history. Regardless of what happens here. Got to be proud. You got the Fab Five and then Steel Team Six over here. (laughs) And this is the most lecherous, sanctimonious, self-righteous fan base there is. Mm -hmm. My God. And speaking of God, people say he doesn't have a sense of humor. So fans of mine, I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game, 7.30 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week, about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask tales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason, is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 7.30 a.m. The Michigan News Network. I'm Beth Fisher. Fewer of us are wearing seatbelts. Michigan's seatbelt use rate fell slightly in 2023, according to results from a grant-funded direct observation study conducted by Michigan State. In 2023, Michigan's seatbelt use rate was 92.4, a decrease of half a percent from the 92.9% recorded in 2022. Results from the 2023 study, which was conducted between May and July, mark the lowest seatbelt use rate since 2004 when it was 90.5%. Every 1% increase in seatbelt use means an estimated 10 fewer traffic. Beanie's back. Offensive-minded phone lines are open. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. app. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. All right, we're back. It's offensive-minded. Steve the DeWitt Dream Golf joining us here for total BS here on offensive-minded. You can still weigh in on the Michigan thing. What do you think should happen? If anything, should there be something done in season about the cheating scandal? Why or why not? Just, you know, like they said in math class, show your work. <laughs> Explain why. That's out there for you. You know, we school sh- math, not new math. We should talk about those playoff rankings that came out last night. So to recap, in case, you know, your MSU football depression is so acute that you've 
dissociated from the sport and didn't catch them. Here's how it goes. Where'd we roll in on that, Spartan? <laughs> you know what? Um, I didn't see them on there, but they're fourth in basketball. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's right. All right, here we go. We'll start. You know, Ohio State's number one, Georgia's two, Michigan's three, Florida State's fourth. Washington at five, Oregon at six, Texas at seven, Alabama eighth, Oklahoma ninth, Ole Miss tenth. Uh, Penn State was 11th, and you domers out there, uh, your fighting Irish were 15th. Okay, so look, I, I don't think this is any surprise. And if you're a, a, f- a fan of one of the schools and you got an issue with where they're ranked, dude. It's going to change. Yeah, come on. This is all a blatant and shameless ratings grab anyway. None of this matters. None of it. Michigan and Ohio State will settle it themselves. You know, Georgia has several big games left. Florida, they, everyone has big games left. Washington and Oregon will probably play again. Like, don't get caught up. Don't get all bent out of shape over the first rankings. They are completely superfluous. And I say that, and here I'm about to just dive in. <laughs> I, look, it makes sense to me why Ohio State would be number one. But the eye test, they don't look dominant. Okay, but they've played two top ten teams, beat them both, and one of them was on the road. Who is Michigan's best win? Minnesota? Rutgers? Like, the Michigan fans are all butthurt because Ohio State's ahead of them. Dude, first of all, don't you have bigger fish to fry? Don't you have bigger things to worry about? And second of all, look, if I I feel pretty confident Michigan's going to roll Ohio State. You get them at home. Their quarterback's playing in this game for the first time. Their offense is not in sync. They might be a little bit better defensively, yes. But everything points to Michigan dominating that game again, unless the cheating scandal has some unforeseen effect. I I don't know. Maybe it will. But you got to give Ohio State the edge right now. They beat a top 10 PSU team at home, and they won at Notre Dame, who was a top 10 team at the time, under the lights on the road. Last second, I know, but it still counts. Georgia at second, still, they have better wins than uh, Michigan does. They beat Kentucky and Florida. Michigan's best win is Rutgers. Their second best win is Minnesota. There you go. Strength of strength of schedule for the three. Ohio State 15th, Georgia 100th, Michigan 100th, 11th. Strength of record. So I think that means, isn't that based on like how the teams you've beaten have performed? Yeah. It, it takes that into account. Ohio State has the number one strength of record. Georgia 7th, Michigan 9th. I, I just, I have a hard time getting worked up over these Again, like you said, it's early. It all takes care of itself, so don't worry about it. I don't know. I just even when state's been involved in these in the past, I don't. That seems like forever ago, by the way. Um, I just it's it's not really that big of a deal. I don't think anyway. Um, yeah, we can still hit the Michigan thing. If you got thoughts on that, here are all the ways to weigh in: five one seven three hundred forty two sixty three. You can email the show beanie at wvfnam.com. You can use the free game 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text to us. Or use Facebook. Send us a comment or message there. Just search Facebook for the game 7.30 a.m. I wanted to play some more sound. I guess we have time to do this right now. Rick Neuheisel. Remember him? He was the coach at Washington. Then at um, UCLA. You know, he had an NCAA issue, right, for... What was his issue? I think he he ran an office NCAA tournament pool, which was very forbidden by the NCAA. <laughs> he he was on Dan Patrick, was it yesterday? 
And he talked about the Michigan thing. I think he had some very interesting insights as a former coach, but he also weighed in on uh, what he thinks will happen and what should happen. So let's play that right now. Here's Rick Neuheisel talking about the whole Michigan thing, courtesy of the Dan Patrick Show. Help me understand the Harbaugh situation of how that, like the crime itself, and sometimes it's the cover-up that's worse than the crime itself, but... Where, where do you think this is headed and how much of an advantage do you think Michigan has received if this is true? Based on all that I've kind of gleaned from all the stuff written on it, uh, it's an advantage. I mean, there's no question that that's an advantage. You, you, you sit and listen to uh, uh, G. Gordon Stallions, <laughs> you know, his uh, read it. Killer Watergate reference by <laughs> New Heisel. His text and talk about uh, Josh Gaddis, you know, standing there knowing when the blitzes are coming and what coverage it is. Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator in 2021, Dan, was the Frank Broyles award winner. He was the top assistant coach of the year. And now you put two and two together, you say he goes to Miami in one year and is out. He's fired. He doesn't even get to keep his job after one year. Yeah. What kind of advantage did he have the year before? Now, that's probably putting the cart before the horse but those are the kind of things that people are now allowed to make the assertions let's stop right there what do you make of that steve where do you fall on that he's saying it is a massive advantage to know your opponent's signals to the point that <laughs> it helped elevate josh gaddis who that's a fair point michigan fans wanted rid of him mm-hmm. the up until that year he wins the Royals award for top assistant because michigan's offense got really good really fast <laughs> and then he gets he gets outed when he gets to the next gig. Yeah, it all mm-hmm. falls apart at Miami. What do you make of that? Well, do you I, think there's smoke there? Yep, I sure do. I mean, on, on, Rick said it. I mean, you, just, you basically were given the tools at one job, didn't have the same tools at the next job, and look what happened. Yeah. That look, hard to argue with. And then also there's the context of Michigan, too. I mean, let's be real. The COVID year, Harbaugh was almost fired. He almost got fired for that. And do you think it's any mystery why they feigned a COVID outbreak to avoid going to Columbus in a year where Ryan Day had allegedly promised to hang 100 on them? That would have been it. He would not have survived that. So getting out of that game, he avoids, he avoids an outcome that would have been impossible for him to survive as Michigan's coach. He negotiates keeping his job by giving money back, taking a pay cut, and then the next year, everything turns around. Like 180. And Michigan goes from being a 500 team or lower, actually, against the spread to being the best team against the spread in the country since 2021. And not just the best, but in a statistically almost impossible way. Yeah, there just too many things line up. It's an obvious advantage. I can't believe we have people out there still saying it's not a big advantage. How? Explain to me how it's not an advantage to know what your opponent's about to do. Isn't that like the biggest advantage you could have? Much of football is about misdirection and surprise and keeping your opponent guessing, right? I feel like that's what these people that believe that's not true. That's what they're trying to pull on us. Yeah, it's a good point. (laughs) Like the read option has dominated college football in recent years. The entire point of that is to confuse the defense as to who's going to get the ball. Well, if you know who's getting the ball... There's half the battle, isn't it? You You're still got to make the play. Yes, but most of football, believe it or not, is mental. It's about discipline, you know, being able to 
analyze and diagnose things, especially as a defense. We'll continue with New Heisel. J.J. McCarthy might be the Heisman Trophy quarterback this year, and yet now we're going to wonder how much advantage did he have, right? Uh, so these are the kind of things. Here are the things I think are salient points. Number one, Harbaugh gets under everybody's skin. He, just, he enjoys it. He's a modern-day Eddie Haskell. He wants to be that guy. Number two, the overzealous uh, Stallions kid, right? The, I mean, he's super fan. Wanted to be on the staff. That's his dream. They hired him. They didn't, he didn't go and just keep doing this. They actually put him on staff. And number three, and most important, he's sitting there standing next to the coordinators in photographs and video. You don't stand. I've given field passes my whole life as a head coach. You know, it's kind of like the, the untold currency. Hey, here's four field passes, and you guys stay down there and enjoy the game. But you don't get to stand next to me. You don't get to stand next to the coordinator. That guy's standing there next to the Denny with the Denny's menu right next to these coordinators. And he's not ordering Grand Slam breakfast. He's telling them exactly what's happening on the other side. And that's an advantage. And, and because of the way Jim needles and gets under people's skin, they're going to come after him. How does this end? Oh, I don't think it ends. I, I think they get through the season, and I think Jim goes off to the NFL. If there's an NFL team that will have him. I thought it would be perfect for him to be with the Bears. It kind of fits his personality. But I don't know what his relationship is with Kevin Warren, the former commissioner. But I wonder, I don't... That's another interesting element mm. there, because Kevin Warren is in charge of the Bears now in the front office. I bet they don't have the best relationship, but I don't think it's probably super bad either. They weren't exposed to each other very much. But Harbaugh does have that effect on everyone. It's no secret why before Michigan, the longest he lasted in any head coaching job was five seasons. He's just, he's one of those guys who burns hot and he burns out fast. We talk about Urban Meyer a lot. He burns out in a different way. Like he has to take breaks between coaching stops after like five to seven years. Harbaugh is similar, but in a, he burns people out way. And by the way, look, it's no secret, I don't think, but in case you didn't know, I've been told by some pretty well-placed people at Michigan in Ann Arbor who are very open about this. Everybody hates Jim Harbaugh personally. <laughs> they all hate him. Certainly not everybody. The power brokers do not like him as a person. He's, he, like, they, like Neuheisel was saying, he grates on them. Also, you don't exactly ingratiate yourself to a community like Ann Arbor by regularly attending anti-abortion rallies. And I'm not trying to get political. I'm not giving you my no, take no, on that issue. Just... I'm just telling you that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. You know, if you rely on people's support in your job and they're from Ann Arbor, hanging out at those kind of events and publicizing it, it's, it's not going to do you any good. But they're very open about it. I, one of them just told me recently that Jim Harbaugh is universally despised in the athletic department halls like he, people just can't take him and you can see why look look how he behaves he's the dude is a walking undiagnosed personality disorder in khakis do you think he cares no he's he's weird uh, he, granted he's his his press conferences always make me wonder uh, <laughs> yeah because yeah. he stares off into the distance and doesn't answer the question that jim are you concerned asked. about what this scandal might mean for your legacy here at michigan yeah, well, 
Team super sharp and focused. Ready to get back out of there. <laughs> That's about the most Harbaugh thing. He's, and he's talking about corn versus plants and how his team is more of corn and not regular. Pl- I don't know. He's a weird dude. Harbaugh is going to Harbaugh. <laughs> he is. He is. Now, here's, you know what? I say it all the time. The best deodorant is winning. It covers up all sort of stank. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a, he's a clearly players love playing for him. At least that's the other thing. What do former players say? I I don't know. I I don't have any knowledge of that, but he seems to know how to win Uh, now. Oh yeah. He's kind of a rough start there. He's a hell of a coach. That's again, we talked about this before, but I think, from the Michigan perspective, the worst part about the scandal is they've been really good. Now, how much of it is a result of this? Okay, I think that's a fair question to ask, but man, have they been good. Again, I, I think that when you are, first of all, <clears throat> you have the brand of the University of Michigan um, that's very appealing to top-level athletes to want to come play there, whether it's basketball, football, whatever other sports, um, softball, of, of course, um, you know, so you've got that going in. I, I just don't understand why the need to try to get more. You've got plenty. You have the talent. You had the horses. With or without the cheating, I think that they would have been amazing, you know. Well, let me ask. Is it wild to think, again, set the table of where we were in 2020? He almost got fired. Yeah. And if they had played the Ohio State game, I think he would have been because it would have been historically bad, like worse than what Michigan just did to State here a couple of weeks ago. Worse than that. There would be no surviving that. Like his cachet with the fan base would be at critical mass in the wrong direction. His capital would be gone. They'd have to fire him. The khakis would have been wrinkled. Most the certainly. pleats would be all gone. Torn asunder. But... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If Is it crazy to think then that they dialed all this up in response to that? But who's they? Well, first of all, it doesn't matter <laughs> per the NCAA bylaw. It doesn't. Right. It's his responsibility. It regardless. comes back to him. But is it crazy to think he was involved in some level? And he's like, "Look, we got to turn things around. I've never beaten Ohio State. I have to." If that was the singular focus from him, okay. But I, I just think that by proxy. He's going to acquire the, the stallions that he needs to run. But, but Stevie had. That didn't change. He's always had good recruiting classes there yeah, as uh, soon as he maybe. got in. And, in fact, he inherited. People talk about how bad Brady Oak was, and don't get me wrong. Pretty bad coach. They won't even let him wear a headset. That's how bad he is. Like, Brady, you just stay out of it. You clap. That's all you do. We'll run the show. Bless. But Harbaugh inherited a roster from Brady Hoke that was loaded. They put like 12 dudes in the draft that year. That's true. They were loaded with NFL talent his very first year, and that didn't change. He's, he got even better classes. So, so do you think his previous success has come from doing the same thing? No. I, well, no, because I think the guy's just a good football coach. Yeah. And that, again, that's part of the shame of it. He's clearly a really good – he's won everywhere. That's what I'm trying to say is I don't think he needed it. No, he didn't. He has the football acumen to win. But when you think about these cheating scandals that blow up in any sport, doesn't it seem to always be the teams that don't need it? <coughs> Did the Patriots need to go to all those lengths? They had the greatest player of all time and maybe the greatest coach of all time mm-hmm. for a 20-year run. Did they need to do all that crap? Did they need to deflate the balls and surveil the teams? 
No. Maybe you're right. Maybe it circles back to a panic button. Maybe they're pushing the panic button because they don't want the bottom to drop out. I'm just saying the timing is suspicious. Mm -hmm. Now, something else interesting is we just talked about all these very high-level scandals, cheating scandals across all the sports. It seems to always be teams that don't need to do it. Is it worth asking, though? Does it appear that they don't need to do it because they've been doing it and attained such levels of success by doing it? Chicken and the egg. Yeah, it really is. It really is. All right, we'll come back and wrap it up in just a few minutes. Offensive-minded with Beanie and Steve, the DeWitt Dream Golf. Total BS on the game, 730 AM. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on a backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Parking scores from the right side goal. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sports talk and the best play-by-play in Lansing. It's just what we do. We're Lansing's number one source for sports talk. The game, 730 a.m. Wrapping it up here. Really? Fabulous Thunderbirds? Well, I play the Sam and Dave version, too. But I feel like people know this one more, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, we're wrapping it up. It's total BS on Offensive Minded. Steve, the DeWitt Dream Golf, joining us. We do this once a week. I guess the day's floating now. Tuesday would be best, right? I mean, really, it doesn't matter. Okay. You know where to find it. We'll figure it out day by day. Anyway, we only have a couple minutes left. I figure we could spend it on the Urban Meyer smoke. I was just going to ask you if I should play the role of Dr. J and ask. <laughs> Dude, she shakes me down every day on here when the mic is hot. I was going to say, okay, what's the opposite of rural? <laughs> and what's the name of that great store that's all over the greater Lansing area and beyond? Are they a sponsor? No. I, then I'm not saying that. Okay, name. you don't have to. I don't give but, away free real estate. But anyway, <laughs> what's, the, what's the scuttle? I mean, look, I've said it before. To recap for people, this is the weirdest situation I've ever been involved in as it pertains to Michigan State, like in a news capacity that I'm trying to find stuff out about, either as a reporter or or now in, in radio. It's so weird. And what I mean by stuff is so compartmentalized. And I don't think it's that big of a secret. If you're following along on the message boards or on MSU Twitter, This is so hard to talk about. Um, I'm trying to be careful about what I say because a part of of me still plays by journalism rules, even though I don't have to. And I also don't want to out people, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be careful of that. Um, How do I say this? Okay. It certainly seems like to me that there have been certain parts of the media core covering Michigan State 
that have been cut off from certain information. Now, it could also be that, is it possible I'm getting completely played and other people too? Sure, it is. The difference is the people who I've been talking to and coming back to for this Urban Meyer story for a month now are people I trust very much Mm -hmm. and have a ton of credibility, not just with me, and have been super, super, uh, what's the word, accurate over the years, years with me, um, both when, when I was a journalist and now. So I trust them. And I don't have anything really different than where I left it yesterday. Uh, Just to sum it up, if Urban Meyer wants to be Michigan State's next football coach, if he wants to be the 26th football coach in the history of Michigan State University, he will be. That's where we are. What if he wants to be the 25th? Can can he have that? Will will Ishbia roll out the pockets somehow to make that happen and just erase it? Again with that, that men in black... Or the time stone from Dr. Strange. (laughs) Hey, it's funny you mention him because um, my sources didn't tell me this, but I saw someone else who's been following this on MSU Twitter uh, is reporting this, that Matt Ishbia, obviously, this isn't isn't news. Matt Ishbia is really driving the bus on this. Not just him, Mm -hmm. but he's really pushing hard. Urban Meyer's his guy. He wants this. Um, And he's willing to make it happen, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're reporting last night, Matt Ishbia, quote, will not be denied, unquote, here when it comes to making Urban Meyer the next coach at MSU. The latest I heard, uh, any kind of development from my sources where Shelly Meyer has officially signed off. Right. And said, okay, I'll support you if you want to do it mm-hmm. at Michigan State. That's all I have. The thing is, it's so weird to me because what my sources are telling me, and again, these are not people that I just met. I've been going to these people for years. And they have not steered me wrong before. Mm-hmm. It's not like they've ever fed me incorrect information. And they definitely haven't manipulated me in the past. I like to think I'm good enough to not let that happen. That's why I have multiple sources for things. But um, it's still possible. It's always possible. But what's so weird to me is there are other really established media types here who are saying, okay, I'll just say it. Jack Ebling, everyone knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He said recently that he went to a source he's gone to for a long time from Michigan State. And when he said, is the Urban Meyer thing real, the source laughed in his face. It's just cognitive dissonance, man. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so weird. Now, it wouldn't be the first time something like that's happened. Things get compartmentalized. And yes, um, sources manipulate the media all the time to affect the kind of outcome they want. Beanie, why would... Why would Michigan State or other sources be compartmentalizing information and feeding this part of the media this info and completely different, wrong, outright, manipulative, incorrect info to this part of the media to affect the outcome they want? That's why. And by the way, you don't know that everyone has the same sources. In fact, we, there are a lot of different people that we go to. And we, I mean just people in the media. So... It's possible that the entire Urban Meyer thing is a, is a smokescreen to cover Michigan State, who they're really going after. Yes, I've seen people say that, 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 that. That's what they think is going. It's possible. That's not what I think is going on. I think there is legitimate, serious interest, mutual here. And I look, again, I'll tell you, I believe what I've been told, that this isn't just, hey, uh, we want to talk to you about the job. It's they've talked specifics and we've cleared all that. Where we are now is everything has been satisfied. It's just up to Urban Meyer deciding if he wants to do it or not. 
My theory would be why is Michigan State, why are other sources intentionally keeping other parts of the media in the dark? Again, to keep it quiet. They, they think maybe, I'm guessing they think that the whole thing is destabilized and there's a risk of it falling apart if it gets too out there in the media. Wouldn't be the first time. So I guess all I can tell you, stay tuned. <laughs> That's the worst tease ever. I'm telling you, I believe what I've been told. If he wants to be state's coach, he will be state's coach. I don't think it's the money at this point. Uh-uh. No. I've been told specifically money is no object. Money is not the problem. I mean, think about who we're, we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It's MSU's daddy Warbucks. Yeah. Matt Ishby. All right, that does it. Well, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, man. We'll thanks see you next week. Yeah. Okay. Everyone else out there, until tomorrow, 4 to 6, be safe and be good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.